inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Tuesday, June the 14th. 2022 in the month dedicated, celebrating, giving praise to the one and only sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So uh, whatever you're doing at this moment, just stop and give him praise. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show today. In fact, uh, we're going to follow up on a story that we did discuss, I don't know, probably two, three weeks ago now. It's two weeks at least. Aaron Lee is going to be on our guest segment coming up at 35 past this hour to talk about how her daughter in a Colorado school was uh, groomed by GSA. And uh, this art club thing was only a ruse to try to groom her daughter. We're going to talk about that coming up at 35 past the hour. What that means, how they circumvented parental involvement in the education and all the other confusion of her of her child. Also on the program, uh, we're going to be speaking with Brent Haynes coming up at, th- at uh, the first half of the next hour uh, about all of the latest pro-life laws, legislation, pending Supreme Court decision coming out. Will it happen tomorrow? I don't know. We're going to get Brent Haynes to comment on that at the top of the next hour, so join us if you're able to. Lots in the news, though, praise be to God. Uh, We're going to be covering most of this today, I would say. Uh, Unfortunately, there was another firebombing of a pregnancy center, this time in Buffalo, New York, our good friend Station of the Cross up there. Uh, Saturday morning, I had to wake up to a, one of their, their Gresham Pregnancy Center being on fire. Border Patrol agents say that in the five Texas-based sectors, they've apprehended nearly 138,000 migrants in May. That's 10,000 more than last month. Let that sink in. And since the beginning of 2022, a 30-year fixed mortgage rates are now up higher. They're, they're 5% and over. In fact, it's causing a slowdown and even the the highest end of the, of the real estate market. So that's very interesting. And here is some good news. Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Tell I, me, tell me, Joe. Great you news. Just, you took the wind oh. out of my sails here. Such good news. Praise be to God. Uh, I, I woke up this morning to read that Nicola Sturgeon is launching a fresh, straight-up awesome uh, Scottish independence campaign. What? So, yes, there's going to be another <laughs> referendum for Scottish independence. I mean, freedom. Scottics? Freedom. How do you, uh, I mean, I, Brexit, uh, I may Scot- wear my Scots- kilt tomorrow. I may bring in the kilt. You should. That would yeah. be awesome. I mean, freedom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, we have to bust out the, it's hot the, enough the heart here, of uh, Robert the Bruce again and just <laughs> take him on campaign one more time. So they want to secede mm-hmm. from the crown. Well, it's, you know, a, a Scotsic. Like a Brexit, but but Scottish, Scottish, you know, I may have to move back to the mother country if if this actually happens. I'll follow you. You know, we'll have to, you know, pick up maybe a a little abandoned castle in the Highlands or something and renovate it a little bit and then maybe set up like a a Catholic community there like the Jesuits did Mm. back in the, uh, the glory days. Sounds great. You know, and then just like convert the whole country. That's a fantastic Wouldn't idea. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Make the pagans great again. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they reverted to. And uh, what an opportunity there. So let's pray for the freedom and independence of Scottish peoples. Mm-hmm. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> ain't gonna happen. Uh, speaking of ain't going to happen, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Hi, 
I love that idea, Joe. You should turn the mic on. Like I said, it ain't going to happen. I like, I like that idea, Joe. I like that idea. You just just convert all the nations. Convert. Just do it. All, all of them? I yeah. was only talking about Scotland. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, well, I mean, why stop there? Just convert um, everybody. Yeah. I, how about I, I convert Scotland, and then you convert everything else? Okay. Deal? Sure. Deal. Deal. Praise if you convert Scotland, Scotland, I'll convert the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no pressure. So you're going to wait for me to like yeah, convert you, Scotland first exactly, before you exactly. convert this? Shouldn't you, you guys start are, now? Uh, no, identifying no, no. as apostles now or what? I've got a plan, <laughs> and, but it relies on you converting Scotland first. My preferred pronouns are bishop and his eminence. Mm, so, weird, oh, but okay. <laughs> sure thing, Your Excellency. Yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. It's Mine a joke. Mine your it's joke. highness. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Beatitude, can I go with that one? Is that okay? Are we allowed to do that here in the West? I'm just curious. Hey, all right, praise be to God. We do have a lot of other stories to cover as well today. It's not all just shenanigans. Uh, Disney's Toy Story spinoff on, uh, on Buzz Lightyear is being banned in 14 countries. We'll talk about that. And then, of course, the Nigerian bishop is pushing back against Ireland's uh, president because he wants to conflate uh, the terror attack uh, with climate change, apparently. So we'll... We'll discuss all of that coming up at 15 past the hour. It's going to be a full show. Join us if you can. Share us with a friend. That would be amazing. Let's pray and get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, we present ourselves before thee, crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, June 14th, and here are your headlines this morning. The Hill reports nuclear arsenals are expected to grow for the first time since the Cold War, according to a think tank. The Stockholm International Peace Research Institute said that the world's nuclear-armed states, which include the U.S., Russia, the United Kingdom, France, China, India, Pakistan, Israel, and North Korea, will likely increase their nuclear weapons over the next decade. All of the nuclear-armed states are increasing or upgrading their arsenals, and most are sharpening nuclear rhetoric and the role nuclear weapons play in their military strategies, said Wilfred Wen, who directs the Institute's Weapons of Mass Destruction program. The Blaze Report's Pew study finds that 5% of U.S. adults under the age of 30 identify as a gender other than the sex recorded at their birth. There is a significant disparity between the proportions of younger adults and older adults who identify as a gender other than their sex recorded at birth. Just 1.6 of U.S. adults ages 30 to 49 and 0.3% of individuals over 50 fall into the categories of so-called transgender or non-binary, according to the survey. Reuters reports Amazon picks California town as first to receive drone deliveries. The drones will have the capability to fly beyond line of sight and will be programmed to drop parcels in the backyards of customers in Lockford, which has a population of about 4,000 people. This would be the first time Amazon makes drone deliveries to the public, and it follows several pilots in mission-specific programs from companies such as Walmart, FedEx, and the USPS. And Sky News reports Russia made $79.4 billion in its first 100 days of Ukraine war by selling oil and gas to the world. This staggering total came despite a significant fall in export volumes in May as the international community tried to reduce dependency on Moscow's oil and gas. According to a report by the Center for Research on Energy and Clean Air, 
the EU received 61% of Russia's fuel, fossil fuel exports. India, France, and China, the United Arab Emirates, and Saudi Arabia all increased imports, with India buying 18% of Russia's crude oil exports. And France was the largest buyer of discounted liquid, liquid natural gas and oil cargoes on the short-term market. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Joseph the Hymnographer. He was born in 810 A.D. in Sicily of a devout parents, Plotinus and Agatha. Joseph's family had to flee from Sicily due to the Arab invasion of the island. They went to Peloponnesa. At the age of 15, he was tonsured a monk at the Latimos Monastery of Thessalonica. About 840, the Bishop of Thessalonica ordained him a hieromonk or a, a priest monk. There are a lot of Greek words in this, in this saying of the day, so bear with me. While visiting Thessalonica, the distinguished Gregory of Decopolis was so impressed with Joseph because of his rare character that he invited him to join his Studodius monastery in Constantinople. With the resurgence of Byzantine iconoclasm under Leo V, the Armenian, and Theophilus, Joseph was sent by Gregory to Rome following the invitation of Pope Leo III in 841. While en route, Joseph was captured by slave-trading pirates. He was sold as a slave in Crete, and in slavery, St. Nicholas appeared to Joseph and asked him to sing in the name of God. Nicholas then said to him, Arise and follow me. Joseph found freedom soon after his vision. In 858, he was exiled to the theme of Cherson after denouncing Caesar Bardas, brother of the Empress Theodora, for illicit cohabitation. Joseph returned again to Constantinople in 867 after Bardas had been assassinated. He reportedly possessed the gift of discernment because of which Photidus appointed him the spiritual father and confessor for priest recommending him as a man of God, an angel in the flesh, and a father of fathers. He died on the 3rd of April, 866, according to Theophanes, and Joseph the Hymnographer appears as well in Latin as in Greek hagiography. The earliest vitae was written by Theophanes, who followed Joseph in his monastery as Hegomenus, there in a later Synaxrian, probably around the 11th century, which was attributed to one John the Deacon. The Feast of Joseph the Hymnographer is celebrated on the 3rd of April in Greek tradition, the 4th of April in Slavic Rite, and the 14th of June in the calendar in the Roman Catholic Church. That's us. St. Joseph the Hymnographer, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that persecute and culminate you, that you may be the children of your Father who is in heaven, who maketh his Son to rise upon the good and bad, and reigneth upon the just and the unjust. For if you love them that love you, what reward shall you have? Do not even the publicans do this? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you do more? Do not also the heathens do this? Be you therefore perfect, as also your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, quote, that by the command, thou shalt love thy neighbor, all mankind were intended. The Lord showed in the parable of the man who was left half dead, which teaches us that our neighbor is everyone who may happen at any time to stand in need of our offices of mercy. Close quote, St. Augustine. St. Gregory the Great, though, asks us to check our intentions. He says, quote, love to an enemy is then observed when we are not sorrowful at his success or rejoice in his fall. We hate him whom we wish not to be bettered and pursue with ill wishes the prosperity of the man in whose fall we rejoice. Yet it may often happen that without any sacrifice of charity, the fall of an enemy may gladden us, and again his exaltation make us sorrowful without any suspicion of envy, when, namely, by his fall any deserving man is raised up, or by his success any undeservedly depressed. He goes on to say, we should balance how much we owe to the fall of the sinner and how much we owe to the justice of the judge. For when the Almighty has struck any hardened sinner, we must at once magnify his justice as judge and feel with the other's suffering who perishes. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great. Pray for us. So let's recap the... Uh, the Beatitudes here. St. Chrysostom would say, quote, Note through what steps we have now ascended hither, and how he has set us on the very pinnacle of virtue. The first step is not to begin to do wrong to any. The second, that in avenging wrong done to us, we be content with retaliating equal. The third, to return nothing of what we have suffered. The fourth, to offer oneself to the endurance of evil. The fifth, to be ready to suffer even more evil than the oppressor desires to inflict. The sixth, not to hate him of whom we suffer such things. The seventh, to love him. The eighth, to do him good. The ninth, to pray for him. And because he, the command is great, the reward proposed is also great. Namely, to make like unto God. Ye shall be the sons of your Father, which is in heaven. Close quote, St. Chrysostom. Remigius would say, because the utmost perfection of love cannot go beyond the love of enemies. Therefore, as soon as the Lord has bid us love our enemies, he proceeds, be then perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. When we can love our enemies, we begin to understand the love of God. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. What's Concerning Us is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Among the many arguments relativists give to prove their worldview, one is that moral beliefs change. For example, they might say, we used to believe slavery was okay, but now we don't. If there were moral absolutes, well then moral beliefs wouldn't change. How do we respond? Well, we can ask the relativists if we've morally progressed in changing our country's slavery laws. 
Assuming they say yes, we can point out the fact that progress implies an objective moral standard that our society better conforms to today than it did 150 plus years ago. But if there is an objective moral standard that we've progressed toward, well then morality is not relative. So the relativist either has to give up on the idea that we've progressed morally in order to keep relativism or reject relativism to keep the idea of moral progress. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Aaron Lee is going to be our guest. Uh, Her daughter uh, got got uh, invited to an art club after school one day in a Colorado school. Uh turned out to be uh, sort of a, a, a grooming issue. And the GSA is really the club, and not art was involved. And so we're going to talk to her about how this group tried to circumvent parents uh, and really try to uh, manipulate these poor children. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. Stick around for that if you can. But uh, there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are a great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Here's an article out of the Catholic News Agency. Headline says, Nigerian Catholic bishops to Irish president, church massacre not linked to climate change. This boggles the mind. How do you make the stretch? How, how is this connection even possible? Catholics go to Holy Mass on Pentecost Sunday and are slaughtered at the hands of Muslims, the Fulanis. We talked about this, right? We even had a guest segment with Robert Spencer on this very subject. How exactly does climate change cause this? Is it getting hotter? Therefore, it causes people to murder other people? I mean, exactly how does that work? It's hard to, it's hard to fathom how this all goes down. But nonetheless, here we are uh, in uh, 2022 trying to deal with these issues in responsible and mature ways. And yet, and yet, the president of Catholic Ireland, we talked about that recently too, uh, supposedly has made this connection. Here's a little bit of the article. It says, quote, attributing violence against Nigeria's Christians to climate change is, quote, incorrect and far-fetched, close quote, according to the bishop of the diocese, where at least 40 people, some reports say as much as 100, were murdered or injured at Pentecost Sunday Mass. Bishop Jude of Ondo was responding to a statement issued by Irish President Michael Higgins after the June 5th massacre at St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Owo in southwestern Nigeria. Higgins condemned the attack on June 7th, but appeared to link it to the, quote, consequences of climate change, close quote, similar to Adrian's allergies. Uh, also linked to climate change, I'm sure. The article goes on to say, quote, while thanking the Honorable Mr. Higgins for joining others to condemn the attack and offering his sympathies to the victims, his reasons for the gruesome massacre are incorrect and far-fetched, close quote, the bishop said in a message dated June 10th. The bishop said he felt compelled to address the president's statement because of the historical ties between the Republic of Ireland and his diocese saying, quote, the first two bishops of the Diocese of Ondo were Irish men. The church building in which the attack took place was built by Irish missionaries. And some of the people killed were baptized, given the sacraments of confirmation and matrimony, by many venerable Irish missionaries, close quote, he wrote. Quote, also, Irish men and women laid the foundations of the faith for us in, the, in this part of the world. 
to their eternal memories, we remain grateful, close quote. He added, quote, to suggest to make a connection between victims of terror and consequences of climate change is not only misleading, but also exactly rubbing salt into the wounds of all who have suffered terrorism in Nigeria, close quote. Um, what's interesting, this article goes on to point out, and I, I found this really staggering, truly staggering. Can you guess, Rudy, if you had to guess, how many people, how many Christians have been killed in Nigeria um, so far this year? This year? Huh. Well, I would say you got Boko Haram and mm -hmm. all those other, mm -hmm. other groups. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Hard to say. I want to say maybe like upwards of 500. Yeah. 900 people already in the first three months of 2022 have lost their lives. Christians wow. have died. You don't hear much about them. Guess how many died last year in 2021 in Nigeria? 250. 4,650. What? 4,650 no. Nigerian Christians were killed for their faith in 2021. Unreal. Have you heard that number before? No, never. I mean, in all the headlines of all the shootings that take place, the violence that has taken place in this country... I mean, the horrible shootings and violence has taken place in this country. I'm not making I'm not making light of it. How many of how many have died? Has it been four thousand six hundred and fifty that were slaughtered by cruel uh, the, the the cruelty of Muslim terrorists? No, no, no. Uh, yet this is happening every single day in a country like Nigeria and other countries, not just Nigeria, and yet you never hear about it. It's never an issue. It never comes up. I mean, the, the uh, Pentecost did get some coverage, thankfully, from Western media, but not really on a grand scale. And yet, 900 Christians have died so far just in this year, and we're only halfway there. That should, that should really give pause to Catholics around the world. Where are we now that this is happening? These are martyrs for the, for the faith, and we just keep going on with life we just keep going on doing whatever it really is troubling to me that this is the case and then to try to make this connection between uh trying to make some excuse as though global warming is is somehow explaining why fulani muslims are murdering christians in that country i'm sorry it, is it, if if it's too hot if it's too cold if uh if the if the water dries up or or some other issue natural calamity issue happens as a, as a result to a change in the weather the in the climate that is not an excuse therefore to murder another person i mean when you look at the migration of peoples in history uh whether they were the mongols or the barbarians or the the Ottoman Empire, the Muslims coming out of the sixth century, you know, you saw rape, pillage, and plunder. Uh, I was mentioning this yesterday. When we were talking to Frater Giovanni. You know, in the sixteenth century of of Europe, especially along the coastlines of Spain and France and Italy, you know, those poor people were constantly being raided and slaughtered by the Muslim corsairs. The, the Barbary Coast, and and it was relentless. Tens of thousands of people were either murdered or put into slave trade, uh, either in, you know, or in galley ships or being sold at markets. I mean, it was a real common thing. They would hit the beaches fast. They would wipe out villages, and it became a way of life. 
This is very common. And yet, in our Western modern culture, with revisionist history, we forget these stories, and we don't learn the lessons from past times. And therefore, we are doomed to repeat these things. And here we are. It is happening in a country where Christians are having to suffer extensively to the tune of nearly 5,000 a year. And we ought to be very concerned, and we seem not to be. And again, that continues to bug me. Speaking of bugging me, here's another story. Uh, Disney's Pixar Lightyear banned in Saudi Arabia over same-sex kiss, according to a report out of the Daily Wire, and also other outlets as well. Fourteen countries have apparently banned this film um, because of this scene that they, they insist in including in the film. What's interesting about Disney is they have in the past put this type of stuff in their films and release them publicly in the United States or in Western Europe or whatever, and they leave them there. No matter who complains about them, they don't seem to care. They're just going to do it. China, however, traditionally, would say, no, you're not allowed to have that here, and Disney would traditionally be happy to edit that film to make it more tolerable in China because China is a massive market. Buku bucks over there. Huge dollars for uh, Disney and the entertainment business. And so they're happy to to do whatever China asks them to or the Middle East has asked them to, but, but Disney has decided no longer to do that. Hmm. They yeah. ha- Post the Florida debacle between Governor DeSantis in Florida and Disney, they've decided, uh, I think they got so much pushback from their own employees over removing and deleting and editing these things that the CEO has decided, nope, we're going to keep it in there. And now they're being banned in all these countries. In fact, China apparently asked them for a copy, a review copy, and they didn't want to give them one <laughs> because they know. You know, Joe, I was actually I was listening to somebody talk about Top Gun specifically and regards to the same topic. Yeah. And they were saying about how, the Taiwan flag? About, about the Taiwan flag. Yeah. And they were saying how the that the reason why they are appearingly standing up against these other countries, whether it be promoting homosexuality and being like, we're going to stand by our principles of promoting homosexuality or we're going to have our American stuff here and not caving in is not actually a principled stand, Mm -hmm. but instead it's actually because China is starting to create their own uh, movie industry and it wants to start phasing out American movies yeah. Anyway, and so now they're trying to yeah. try to curb that by saying, "Oh, look, no, we're principled," and right. they're expecting to just not be have them accept their movies mm-hmm. very soon. Anyway, yeah. Well, Hong Kong movie industry has been around for a long time now, and uh, and has been uh, putting out uh, some high quality stuff for the Chinese market, and so that makes sense to me that they're like, "We don't need you. We want to get rid of you." Bye. Uh, <laughs> well, you bye. Know, well, <laughs> bye. To you know, quote Tombstone. Here's what they're going to do with Hong Kong Disneyland, though. Yeah, well, they're going to keep it open because mm, money is money, yeah, right? I mean, uh, they, they love the Chinese yen as much as they love the American dollar, so they're going to grab as much of it as they can. They play politics, but I guess it's the hypocrisy in that uh, they, will, they, will, they, they basically did bow to the UAE, apparently, and pre- presented edited versions of, uh, of the, some of the latest Marvel films that came out that had also uh, homosexual scenes in them. But uh, apparently Disney CEO Bob Chapek uh, is giving in to the lobby within his own organization. Yeah. And there's a funny example of this, too. You know, uh, there's a, a new Star Wars uh, 
show or something like that. It's, it's not in theaters. I think it's like a direct-to streaming service show, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, has it features a black character, and uh, supposedly she experienced a lot of uh, racism or something like that in comments. In the Star Wars universe, or oh, okay. no, in comments like yeah. her social media uh, comments. And yeah. so um, this is the Obi Wan Kenobi story. Yeah, it must be that one. So yeah. then uh, Disney went out and said. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's so many species in the Star Wars galaxy, and right. please don't be a racist. But then there's <laughs> a funny a juxtaposition between <laughs> their their movie posters that they put out for for the Chinese market for The Force Awakens, where they reduced the black character to really small, so that <laughs> yeah. they wouldn't. They, obviously, in China, they they I, don't like that. So. I, you know, um, of course, I don't support Disney, so I won't be watching Obi Wan Kenobi. But you know, it breaks my heart because we were, you know, we 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 early fans, not you youngins. But back in my day, we loved the character of Obi Wan Kenobi. We loved the. I, I actually liked uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm a Jar Jar man myself. Are you? Uh, yeah. We got to get him on. But no, I, I appreciated <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor not just because he's a Scotsman, a freedom. I'm just praying for their freedom. Scotland. But because I thought you know he did a great job as Obi Wan Kenobi, and we he wanted did. to see a film on him, as him as Obi Wan Kenobi as an older Obi Wan Kenobi. I thought it would have been great, but. They never gave it to us, and it became a big issue, and now this is what we get, and I was watching some commentary on this series. I've not seen it myself, but uh, most of the commentary is it's just bad quality. Yeah, It's got nothing to do with racism or individual per actors or actresses playing characters. It's got to do with they put together a terrible product, and the fans, again, are speaking with... Uh, with their uh, with their anger about please stop delivering terrible quality product a powerful Luke Skywalker and a powerful Obi-Wan Kenobi and a powerful uh, Darth Vader with epic lightsaber battles is all you needed to deliver and you fail in every count that's not the fans fault that's your fault make a better product and you won't have this backlash pretty simple all right God love you God bless you're gonna be right back after this very short break with more breaking news and stories in Aaron Lee We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts. When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane, and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. Breitbart reports inflation pushes Fed to consider biggest rate hike in 28 years. 
The Federal Reserve could respond to a surge in inflation with its steepest interest rate increase since 1994. And uh, at its policy meeting on Wednesday, the central bank may opt to raise rates by 0.75 percentage points rather than a half point that it's been signaling for weeks. If the Fed opts for more aggressive uh, moves on Wednesday, it would amount to stepping away from the slow and steady rate rising campaign and an escalation to the central bank's war against inflation, one that is already causing steep drops in asset prices and rising recession risk. The Epic Times reports Bud says $863 million in Biden's stimulus payments went to 597,000 prison inmates. The Department of Treasury data released by U.S. Representative Ted Budd reveals that at least $863 million in economic impact payments under President Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan went to more than 597,000 incarcerated individuals in 2021. Nearly 600,000 incarcerated individuals receiving upwards of $1 billion is a disgrace to hardworking taxpayers of North Carolina. What's most appalling is that every Senate Democrat voted to allow these payments to prisoners on March 6, 2021, Bud said. And Breitbart reports, post-lockdown era, children entering elementary school unable to say their own name. The report linked to the UK broadsheet The Times is set to reveal that developmental problems are widespread among young children in Britain, with the study set to blame pandemic response conditions and a lack of parental education for the shortfalls. Meanwhile, researchers in the United States and Germany have noticed similar seismic impacts on childhood education, especially in regards to the reading levels of elementary school pupils who are lagging significantly behind their pre-pandemic counterparts. And LifeSite reports Planned Parenthood closes its only Idaho clinic that performs surgical abortions. On June 1st, Planned Parenthood closed its Boise clinic as part of a closure of five clinics in the region, leaving only two remaining Planned Parenthood clinics in Idaho, as reported by the Smokesman Review. Pro-life organization Idaho Chooses Life celebrated the news, saying the State Street facility has been in operation for well over 15 years. Thousands of babies have been slaughtered within its walls. We praise God for the shrinkage of Planned Parenthood's Idaho presence. Clearly the Lord is moving and the abortion industry is on the defense as we await the overturning of Roe and the implementation of our trigger law later this summer, they said. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Coming up, by the way, at the top of the next hour, uh, Brent Haynes, our friend, attorney, and political analyst, is going to be our guest to talk about the latest in the uh, Supreme Court issues. I mean, will the Roe v. Wade uh, Dobbs decision come down tomorrow? We're going to get his opinion on that, plus the latest in all the firebombings of pregnancy centers all across the country, to include the latest one up in Buffalo, New York. All of that coming up at the top of the next hour for those of you that can join us. But uh, joining us on the phone right now is Aaron Lee. Good morning to you, Miss Lee. Hi, thanks for having me. Praise be to God. We're glad for your time today. Now, uh, we covered your story a couple weeks ago, so we're very grateful to have you on our show. But maybe we can start with you just giving us some background information. Uh, you know, a family living in Colorado, sending their kid to to school. What could be wrong here? So Tell us, what is the story? Yeah, so this happened last May. We had just moved to a new town, new school. Our barely 12-year-old daughter is very shy and introverted and hadn't made a single connection with a student her age yet. And one day, her trusted art and homeroom teacher invited her to stay after school for art club. So she texted us, and we gave our permission when she got there, it was actually Gender and Sexuality Awareness Club, or wow. GSA, mm. 
And the teacher had invited in an outside presenter who had absolutely no qualifications to be speaking with children about gender and sexuality. And this woman did unspeakable things with the kids. Mm. She used flags to describe various umbrella terms and defining words. She told the kids if they're not completely comfortable in their biological sex or in their bodies that they are transgender. She told them that queer is a word that they can use while they're figuring out their sexuality. Mm. She gave them the genderbred person activity, which is geared towards little kids, and it explicitly asks them who they're sexually attracted to. She handed out her personal contact information to all of the kids and asked them to connect with her, not just by phone and email, but on teen chat platforms like WhatsApp and Discord. And she told the kids that their parents might not be safe and that it's okay to lie to them about where they are, not just for this program, but in order to attend future programming that she holds wow. throughout the community. That is so brazen. Yeah, and a lot of it is with adults. So that... these 12-year-olds are in a room with 18 and 25-year-olds talking about their sexuality. Now, oh, there's so many questions. The 18 or 25-year-olds, these adults, were they employees of the school? No. <laughs> Who were they these adults? So she holds these meetings throughout the community um, with queer people and lumps our 12-year-olds in as adults. That is utterly insane. How would, why, how, and why would this school allow this? So our school district, as it turns out, is just completely off the rails. And, and we really were kind of blissfully naive that this kind of thing was happening, and that's intentional. I mean, they intentionally hold these meetings in secret. Um, but it's, it's not just this. I mean, our district has hired three LGBTQ staff since this incident to increase this kind of programming, to increase gender support plans, which are secret transition plans for your child's gender. And um, there's talk of them adding these gender closets in the school where kids can come to school as one sex and then change their clothes and be whatever they want to be while they're at school as a safe space without their parents' knowledge. And they've even gone so far as to instruct all of our medical staff in the district that if a child is cutting or self-harming or even attempting suicide, they are not to tell the parents mm. because parents might not be safe. So this idea that parents are you know, evil or potentially unsafe comes from administration, not just from this teacher and this presenter. How did that make you feel as a parent to realize that the school system with which you're paying your hard-earned tax dollars to, especially in the height of great inflation, uh, you are being circumvented as the parent? It's no longer your you know, stewardship over your child. It's now the community who gets to decide your child's fate in future. You know, it, it shattered our trust in all public systems. We, Like I said, we're really kind of blissfully naive and trusting, and we taught our children to be trusting of authority and to respect their teachers, and it just completely shattered our trust in, in the entire system and how they've reacted since. I mean, we, we really tried to handle it the right way. Mm. Somehow we remained calm enough to, to try to follow <laughs> what we thought were the appropriate channels. And... I don't it, think it, I don't think we would have remained calm. <laughs> I would not have remained calm. My wife, my wife would have never been calm. It would have been rough. Uh, so hats and off it, to you for that. Thank you. And you know, once we realized that you know that they weren't going to handle it, we called the police. 
Amen. Because had this happened on a playground, that would have been our first call. Yeah. You know, this absolutely was grooming. It was indoctrination. It, yeah. In my eyes, it was sexual abuse because my, my child was not ready to talk about these things at all, but definitely not with a stranger and in a room in front of a group of her peers who she's trying to connect with. Now, so, can I get a sense of the timing? Know. So she gets invited to art club, which turns out to be GSA, as you just described, this grooming session. Um, how long did this go on? Was it just the one session and then your daughter's like, this is really creepy, mom? Or like, how did that go? You know, we're, we're fortunate that she came home and I could see on her face that something was wrong mm. when we picked her up. And so I probed, and we're just really fortunate that she told us what had happened. Mm -hmm. We've heard, you know, horror stories all over the country of teachers who take these kids down this path. And in the state of Colorado, they told our child in this meeting that there's a, a House Bill 19-1120 in Colorado that allows 12-year-olds to seek medical care without parental knowledge or consent. And so they taught her about this law in this program, and we firmly believe they intended to push her down this path of potential you know, hormone blockers and puberty blockers and medical transition. Mm -hmm. um, the, the teacher is, is completely off the rails and has done this with several other children that have now come forward. So we're lucky that she told us what happened. Um, she was extremely uncomfortable. She was traumatized. But she adopted that label for a little bit of time. I mean, they told wow. her that you're uncomfortable in your body because you are this. And that made sense to her. It gave her a Band-Aid to cover up those normal mm -hmm. hormonal, you know, the discomfort and those feelings that every girl has to go through. And they gave her a Band-Aid to not have to deal with it. And so for a, a little while, she took that and said, okay, maybe I am transgender. And that's why I'm so uncomfortable right now. And so, you know, unable to talk to other people my age. And it, it kind of made sense, but it ultimately made everything worse. And it, and it spun her down a path of depression. And we took her to a therapist who ended up to be queer and gender-affirming, gender-ideology-affirming, oh, and wanted to push her further into the ideology, absolutely, which just added to the confusion and to her, her mental instability. Um, but she's in a much better place now. I can, I can happily report that she's completely come out of that fog. Praise be to God. Are you, are you still at this school? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, we did not allow her to go back to school the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, that, that's an unsafe environment. There's right. no way I was going to subject her to that ever again. And she never stepped foot in a public school. She's in a private Christian school now and Good. doing so much better. Um, but we actually have been, you know, hitting the school district with public record requests. Yeah. And we learned that two days after the incident, we obtained a, a string of emails between the teacher and the counselor and this presenter that came in. Oh, hold that and thought. Hold, sorry. Incident, hold that thought, Aaron. Aaron Lee is our guest. We're going to pick up with this right on the other side of this very quick break about the interaction with the school and what Aaron has been doing and her family have been doing to try to combat this situation at this school. This is horrible. All that and more coming up on the other side of this very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should churches have a structure of hierarchy? Your average non-Catholic evangelical church would say, no, not needed. Why? Each church or denomination should be autonomous and choose their own way of governing. Well, that's wrong. Hierarchy engenders pride and ego. 
same as false humility. What works in Tulsa may not work in Paris. Let's not forget that Jesus and his church cross international boundaries. So my Catholic friend, here's your toolbox for evangelism. Natural reason, the Bible and the church. Natural reason says all social and legal institutions necessitate certain human boundaries and designated leadership. Religion is not exempt. The Bible, St. Peter, St. James, John, and Paul's letters show clear standards of jurisdiction and authority with ramifications if ignored. And the Catholic Church says St. Peter was given a chair, and from that authoritative chair, the Holy Spirit was promised to lead the chat chair till Christ comes. That is safe and that is right. This is Steve Gleason with Catholic Questions Live. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. We're talking with Miss Erin Lee, who's been sharing with us this really gut-wrenching story as a parent to think that the institutions that you trust, the institutions that you, you want to trust, are the institutions that could also be uh, some of the most uh, dangerous for your children, for your family, for the community around us. Uh, how uh, she draw, she had her daughter uh, get invited to an art club to turn out to be a GSA grooming a GSA grooming party is essentially with strangers stranger danger hello uh, and so welcome back to the show Aaron Lee thank you for sharing this story with us and for being so vocal about it as well and what's interesting to me about this story and I want to get right back to where you were talking about before we went to the break but. You know, I, I'm a Catholic, and I know a lot of people aren't, and they're not on the same part of the journey as I am, and I understand that. But I am, I am impressed that in America, there are a lot of parents who definitely aren't on the same part of the journey as I am that are waking up to these issues, and they are putting their foot down, and they're having to go to these school boards, and they're having to speak out, and they're having to uh, say this far and no further, because what we're seeing happen in front of us the use of schools, these trusted institutions, to really manipulate our children is really grotesque. And you are sort of getting to that with your interaction, and you were mentioning some emails that you discovered right before the break. Yeah, these emails take it from grotesque to terrifying. Um, so two days after our child's incident, and there's some things I even left out from the incident. I mean, the person that was in the classroom was handing out toys. If you identified Ugh. with her terms, she would give you the flag that represented you. So my child came home with the transgender flag, the queer flag, oh. and the lesbian flag. Not even really fully understanding what these things meant, but here these flags represent me, Mom. Um, so we obtained emails through public record requests, and two days after the incident, the teacher, the presenter, and the counselor were talking about um, how we had found out that they colluded immediately with the school board to keep me quiet. They referred to parents who find out as barriers that they've removed <laughs> at other schools. They discussed keeping my daughter from squealing other kids' names. Um, and they talked about sending CPS to our home to do wow. a well-child check because we objected to their secret programming. Wow. And the principal had come to our home 
And we thought it was a genuine sit down because he wanted to, to, you know, be in our setting and hear us out. But we realized it was in lieu of a CPS well child check. Jack booted thugs. They're going to just bully and manipulate and intimidate to get what they want. That is utterly insane. How did you keep your calm in that situation? <laughs> well, that, that's when I decided to go public. So yeah. we, we tried for a year to deal with them privately. We had multiple sit-downs. I mean, it took me about four months of going to the school board and speaking out and begging for them to do anything before I was afforded a sit-down with the superintendent and board members. Mm. And, you know, I found out that the, this agenda runs deep, that the unions are involved, that mm-hmm. you know, the union put those, those board members where they are, and, you know, this, this agenda is theirs. It's not of the teacher and of this presenter, but it's in all of our schools. And they have no intention to stop it. In fact, they're just blatantly furthering the agenda. So we tried to handle it the right way, and then we realized that, you know, we have to to warn other parents because it intentionally happens in secret. They told us that this is a confidential meeting because they have to provide a safe space for children. So essentially a safe space from their family. A safe and space that includes four, that includes stranger adults in the room? The, how is that a safe space? Do they vet all of those adults? Do they know yeah. whether or not those adults are, are child predators or perverts of some kind, have a background, a criminal history? Probably not. No, definitely not. We learned that there is absolutely no vetting process for extracurricular presenters. There's no background check. There's no content check. And they haven't changed that, even though we've continually asked for them to put some kind of safeguard in place. They have not changed that process or created a process at all. Yeah, that's that's absolutely crazy. And, you know, I'm I'm just so surprised by this story. Uh, In your experience, was this the first time that you've ever had to do anything like this? And if so, what sort of advice would you give to other parents who are in similar situations now? Because, unfortunately, this is not an isolated event. This seems to be happening all over the country. And you see all of the uh, the response to this, you know, parents going in and demanding parental rights and getting people out of the the school system, voting people out. Uh, What would you say as advice to a parent in a similar situation? Yeah, we we just completely weren't aware. And so the the best piece of advice is to take a more active role in your children's education. And that, you know, everyone's situation is different. So that could mean something different for everyone. That could mean just, you know, asking for curriculum ahead of your child attending, actually being in the classroom. I mean, ultimately, if you can afford to remove your children from the public school district, be Mm -hmm. that your private school or homeschool or a co-op, that is the safest thing you can do for your children. If this happened in a conservative town in northern Colorado near the Wyoming border, then this is happening everywhere. And we continue to see stories coming out. And so, it, you know, so many different districts and schools have players within them that are pushing this kind of ideology. And it's so subtle the way they're peppering it into the curriculum. You know, you hear about social-emotional learning and they're peppering it into the human growth and development curriculum at really young ages, and it's hard to even detect. So my best piece of advice is to get your kids out of these public systems if you can, um, but otherwise take a much more active role. Mm-hmm. Parents have got to speak up. They've got to pay attention and be aware. They've got to speak up to the school boards. Most decisions for school districts happen at the local level. And a lot of people don't even pay attention to the school board elections or to the, you know, the motions that they're putting through. But not just parents, grandparents, concerned community members, the communities have to take a more active role in the local education system. 
Was there, like, along your journey here of trying to talk to people at the school system in hopes of getting some action in the right direction, like, when you were starting to realize and start to pull back these layers that, oh, my, this is very connected, were you, like, thinking, oh, okay, at the next level, I'm going to find rational thinking people? And then, I mean, like, what was it like to realize, oh, my heavens, they're all insane? everybody's in collusion. It, we at first believed, like, oh, this is an isolated incident, right? This is a fluke. This is one bad apple teacher who brought in one crazy person. And unfortunately, our daughter was, you know, looped into this isolated incident. And we just continued to peel back the layers. And, and what we continue to say to ourselves is, to what end? Mm-hmm. When does this stop? When does the chain stop? And what are they trying to get out of our children? And we realize it's a giant concerted effort to strip, you know, children's trust from their parents and to ruin the nuclear family. And we, we really are a very middle-of-the-road family. We're just, you know, going through life, trying to do the right things. And, and this was completely an attack on our family. And they weaponized another government institution to try to remove our child from our home. So it, you know, it, it, it shock, continues to shock us. The, the new, you know, revelations yeah. that we continue to discover in this story. And I'm sure they're playing the numbers. I mean, for every Aaron Lee and husband who are pushing back, there's probably seven or eight who don't. And they just get to have their way with these kids because most parents think school is a drop-off program and set it and forget it Ronco style. And they just uh, let it let whatever happen and happen because they assume that every teacher has their best interest at heart. And in fact, parents just can't do that anymore. That's right. And I, I didn't even mention that at the beginning of the program that our child was in, the presenter gave her number one rule, what you hear in here, keep in here. So, so they intentionally tell the kids that's the rule. You don't tell your parents. Your parents <laughs> might not be safe. What happens in here stays in here. And so, so many kids don't tell their parents. They, they follow the rule that these trusted adults have told them, and they rely on that. And I think they were shocked that we found out as much as we have and Oof. have exposed it. That is so, I, so I know diabolical. there's lots of kids out there suffering, and there's lots of parents that just don't know. I wanted to emphasize that point, and I'm glad you brought that up, and that was the, circum- the circumvention of parental rights and responsibilities here. And so that was one of them. Don't tell your parents. Your parents aren't safe. Talk about young, impressionable minds to now have to go, oh, my parents are the enemy. And college, you is. How destructive is that? But they go on beyond that, don't they? You mentioned, I think, that they try to get them involved in discords or WhatsApp. or like, Tell me about the ways in which they try to engage and communicate with your child without you being involved at all. Oh, yeah. Well, in addition to, you know, email and, and phone number that they gave out without, you know, you don't have to tell your parents that you have my information. They invited them to connect on WhatsApp and Discord and various teen chat platforms where the conversation disappears or where they know parents aren't monitoring. I think we lost Aaron. Uh, we might have just dropped Aaron. That's, uh, we're coming to the end of the segment, but uh, Aaron, are you still there? Aaron's signal seems to have dropped out. Boy, what a tragic story. Yeah, horrible. I mean, to think that you could have your your foundation between you and your child totally undermined by these, quote, trusted institutions, close quote, is just mind-boggling. Parents have got to wake up. I mean, this is why we homeschool, and this is why we fight for homeschooling rights, because ultimately, if we don't, 
then what will we have left? And I mean, let me tell you, as a homeschooler, I, I, can, I can tell you that the pressure is high. And every time America decides to sign some treaty with the United Nations, who gives uh, over power and authority to uh, these outside forces, uh, like the United Nations, for instance, on who can homeschool and what they can homeschool and how that all works, boy, it makes my skin crawl. Part of the reason why we live in the great state of Texas is so that we have the opportunity to homeschool according to the way we feel instead of how it's being dictated to us. Erin, are you still there? I'm here. We've got about just a minute left. What are your closing thoughts here? What would you, uh, what would you say to our listeners? Yeah, I'll just reiterate to parents that, you know, wake up, be aware, take a more active role in your children's education and in your local elections and your school boards and get your children out of the public school system if you can. If it's happening in a, in a rural conservative town near Wyoming, it's happening everywhere. Yeah, amen. Do you, now, did you found a, a foundation or something, uh, an action organization to, uh, to help with this? I found a couple. Yep, um, Independence Institute out of uh, Denver, Colorado. And then also Parents Defending Education is a great national organization, and they rely on parents reporting these things even anonymously, and they, they pin down where this kind of thing is happening and, and resources on how to, you know, public record request against your schools and, and be more aware of this kind of thing. So Parents Defending Ed is a great organization to stay aware. And what's their website? Uh, DefendingEd.org DefendingEd.org Aaron Lee, thank you for your time today Horrible story, I'm glad your daughter's doing better Praise be to God, we'll keep you guys in prayer Thank you Have a great day, Aaron That is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time Wow, Uh, pay attention to what's going on in your schools Get active and get involved Don't just drop them off You can't do that anymore But we're going to go to a break Come right back. For those of you that can still join us, we're going to have Brent Haynes on talk about the pending Dobbs decision. All that's coming up next. God love you. Atheists have often viewed belief in God as wishful thinking, a projection of an idea because man fears death. But is this a fair claim? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, not everyone accepts God's existence for this reason. There are many who acknowledge his existence on the grounds of reasonable arguments. Second, even if someone does believe in God for this reason, it says nothing whether or not the proposition, God exists, is true. And finally, third, the theist could turn the table and say atheists reject God simply because they're scared of a divine rule maker and don't want to submit. Obviously, this is not evidence that can be used in support of theism. So, is atheism justified because belief in God is wishful thinking? Absolutely not. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we'll have you at the gate in plenty of time for you to get to confession before Mass this evening. Wouldn't it be great if everyone regularly went to confession? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, You are free in our time to say that God does not exist. You are free to say that he exists and is evil. 
you are free to say that he would like to exist if he could. You may talk of God as a metaphor or a mystification. You may water him down with gallons of long words or boil him to rags of metaphysics. And it is not merely that nobody punishes, but nobody protests. But if you speak of God as a fact, as a thing like a tiger, as a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will stop you somehow if it can. We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It is now thought irreverent to be a believer. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hello, this is Father Charles Van Fleet, pastor of Regina Chaley Parish in Northwest Houston, where the traditional Latin Mass is celebrated. Thank you for listening to KSHJ 1430 AM, Catholic radio throughout Metro Houston on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to God. Welcome back. Man, we just wrapped up that conversation with Miss Erin Lee. If you missed that, you should check out the podcast. Um, you can check out our podcast, by the way. On our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can also subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Just look for the Catholic Drive Time. And, uh, of course, in order to subscribe, you're also obligated to leave a five-star review. Just, okay, maybe that's not true. But you should, either way, leave a five-star review. If you don't, yeah. if you don't leave a five-star mm-hmm. review, mm-hmm. we're going to show up at your house. Because we know you're out there. I'm going to say please. And I don't want to tell you how I know you're out there. Yes, please. Just, but, but, but that we know. Why did you do this? Five-star reviews help us because uh, the more five-star reviews you have in the iTunes store, the more iTunes says, hey, people like this. Let's show this to more people. And what happens is there's like a daily uh, like a, like a leaderboard. And so you can blip up and down that leaderboard and get access to thousands of new people based on the number of reviews you have on the iTunes store. So it's sneaky little trick there that you could do to help us reach a new audience and, and spread the good, the true, and the beautiful on tough conversations like the one we just had with Erin Lee, which is mind-numbing. Her daughter gets groomed at a public school in Colorado. Clandestinely. She, she pushes back, and she gets visited by the superintendent or the principal and the CPS. Yep. That, the deeper you go, and yeah, all the, the way worse to the top, it gets. She said. she said, all the way to the top, they mm-hmm. had this agenda. Strangers, adult strangers were in the room while all of this grooming was going down. Non-vetted. Absolutely, utterly insane. Triggering, I would say. So, uh, I like what you said, though, Joe. You know, you can't just drop off your kids at school anymore. Yeah. That's, that's a thing of the past. That's right. You have to be involved. Right. You yeah. have to know what, what they're teaching in class. Yeah. Drop in one day. You, yeah. you have that right as a parent. Drop in and see what they're talking about. On a random day, don't announce yourself. Just say, hey, I'm yeah. just here. I want to visit. Yeah. Hello, I'm here. And, oh, uh, that's what you're hmm, teaching my kid today. Fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, absolutely bizarre. It's so triggering as a parent to, to realize that they're trying to circumvent you in that way. And, and let's be clear. Not all teachers are bad. There are many great teachers out there. And praise be to God for them. But I've spoken to many great teachers who will tell me privately, Joe, the system is so not good. I'm just waiting to get out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like it's it's depressing. It's soul sucking. I mean, I've been many a great teacher who has been fighting the good fight against a difficult situation um, has said to me that it's it's precarious. Uh, But nonetheless, if they didn't 
stick around, what would be left, right? So let's give God praise for the good teachers. But parents, it, you can't go Ronco style. You can't set it and forget it. You got to get involved. Anyway, so that was that. Uh, coming up here in just a moment, our friend Brent Haynes is going to be our guest. He's going to catch us up on the, some of the stories, pro-life stories, all of that. It's coming up here in a moment. Let me just remind you, uh, last week we took the week off uh, for share in this second hour. So thank you again to everybody who generously donated to our cause and keeping our radio postulate alive and well. We're so grateful to you for that. But this week I'll be picking up where we left off and sending you the CDT Insider email. So if you want to get in on that email action where I send you something, some juicy little nugget that you didn't know or have before, because every week I send, I try to find something, some piece of entertainment, some something interesting to send your way. And I try to give more than we take, but I do harass your inbox at least once a week. And I'm grateful to the CDT Insiders for letting me do that. You can sign up on our website if you would like to get in on that action. We will send you immediately in your inbox a talk by Father Bill Casey of the Fathers of Mercy, a very powerful, straightforward conversation about the state of the church. That'll be your thank you for signing up a gift when you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and you sign up for the CDT Insider email list. I'll send that email out on Thursday. It's at, uh, usually in the afternoon. So check that out online, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, Brent Haynes, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Uh, praise be to God, I'm alive, and that counts. We uh, we just wrapped up a, a difficult conversation with Miss Erin Lee. She is from Colorado. Her daughter at a Colorado high school got invited to art club after school, only to discover that it was a GSA a grooming session with strange adults and all kinds of manipulative gendered ideology, uh, behavior, language, toys, and the rest. And it was, it's was it been a nightmare for her uh, ever since to push back and fight for, uh, uh, for parental rights there. So that was a gut-wrenching conversation, to say the least. But nonetheless, let's ask you about the, the likelihood that we're going to see the Dobbs case come down tomorrow. Well... You know, predicting uh, how the Supreme Court rules sometimes is like reading tea leaves, but that's also true in terms of uh, predicting when and they're going to release their decisions. The Supreme Court really does what it wants. I mean, it answers to nobody. That's why the the uh, leak was such a shock because it mm -hmm. impaired the, you know, it impairs the functions of the court. Look, I have friends in Washington who think the Supreme Court is a is a, is a sort of an in-your-face response. I would just come out, boldly announce the decision, and mm -hmm. either. Yeah, friends who aren't even necessarily pro-life. They just think it's a matter of judicial integrity and for the sake of the, you know, our, dem our democratic republic that they ought to come out and announce it. Um, probably, based on everything, really what little we know about Chief Justice John Roberts, he wants to try to do everything the same as it's done before to show that, um, that they are not going to be intimidated. And Usually the Supreme Court releases the very big decisions at the end of the term, which would mean we're not going to get it until later this month or possibly early next month because uh, their schedule has been a little extended this year. Now, my own uh, idea, and not just mine, but I'm sure many others, uh, think that the uh, security considerations of the court, which are now very real, uh, with the threat on the life of a justice at his own home uh, means that they wouldn't announce it until the end. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announced it uh, 
at the very last, you know, if they made it the last or one of the last decisions on the last day, then when they're done, you know, they they just immediately leave. Hmm. Um, but I would look. I wouldn't be surprised if they called a press conference this afternoon and announced. I mean, the Supreme Court they can do what they want. <laughs> so as far as, as as the Supreme Court is concerned, there's no schedule or uh, rhyme or reason for how they release certain certain uh, judgments on a, a particular day or a time of the year. But strategically, it makes sense, right? Just for them to drop it and then get out of dodge because of all the the different threats that are that are very real at the moment. Well, you know, the the thing about announcing it and then just leaving is that's what they do anyway. Mm. You know, justices have very important jobs. Um, it's, it's intellectually demanding. Unlike other high positions in government, it's difficult or almost impossible for a U.S. Supreme Court justice to delegate their work. Now, they work closely with law clerks. That's true. But they are among the few government officers who really do their own job. They meet in conference to take votes by themselves. The junior justice is responsible for getting coffee. They don't even let other people in the room. Um, they write their own opinions or they work closely with their clerks in drafting opinions and uh, negotiating, in effect, with other justices on moderating or strengthening opinions to try to get opinions written one way or another or even to try to get justices to, to change sides. So when they're done with the term, you know, they they usually leave anyway. You know, they they uh they they go on vacation, they go on visiting judgeships, they leave to give lectures. I mean lectures in places like Innsbruck, Austria. Uh you know, they'll go teach at a judicial seminar somewhere for one week or three weeks, you know, in Switzerland or London or, or, or Tokyo or someplace. So it's normal for them to leave anyway, so it would coincide very nicely with their normal patterns if they just announced the decision on the last day, and then they all took off, even if privately behind the scenes they didn't have any plans to leave immediately. But leaving aside uh, whether or not they actually leave town or not, um, they uh, changing their plans, you know, because of because of the the uh, leak and the threats. That's what they usually do anyway. I mean, it's a pretty nice life being a Supreme Court justice if, <laughs> if you uh, like judicial work. Or protesters threatening to kill you outside your house or your or kid's school. Or protesters threatening to kill you these days. Uh, the only really interesting question is, um, you know, often or usually the Supreme Court will meet, the justices will come out into the courtroom, and they will read, not their entire opinion usually, but they'll read excerpts from the majority opinion, uh, the dissent will usually, if assuming it's a dissent, obviously in this case there would be, either way there's going to be a dissent in Dobbs. Um, and the justices will come out and they, they will read from their opinions. Now, the interesting question I think will be, will they do that in this case? Mm. Now, Chief Justice Roberts probably wants to show he's not intimidated and probably they'll come out and they'll read their read their opinions and their dissents or, or excerpts from them. Um, and they've already put up those uh, anti-riot barriers around the Supreme Court, which really is a disgrace to our, to our country that those things are necessary, but those are up. You know, they would have extra security out and extra law enforcement, even though the House has not, House of Representatives has not passed a bill that the Senate's already passed to increase the security. You know, they would have security and crowd control at the courthouse. So we don't... 
they could come out and announce the opinion anytime. They could wait until the end of the term. I think the more interesting question is whether or not they'll read from the bench, but they're probably going to do that too. And they will probably try to act uh, exactly as they always do. Mm. And part of the Supreme Court acting exactly as they always do is uh, leaving us in suspense until the last moment. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems to me like they're going to do that thing last. Let that be the last thing that gets done before they try to get out of town as quickly as they can, I imagine. But wouldn't you argue that if the Dobbs decision comes down and doesn't overturn Roe v. Wade, as we're all assuming it's going to based on the leaked document, but what if it's the other way? I mean, you, you would need, you would not need riot barriers. You wouldn't need that level of of gear and personnel because people on the pro-life side aren't going to act in a way similar to the people on the pro-death side, wouldn't you argue? Uh, Joe, I think the facts prove that you are correct. I think our recent history especially proves you are correct. And it's not just the pro-life side. It's the general, you know, progressive, radical, Antifa side versus you know, what you would think of as regular Americans and then more conservative and socially traditional Americans. Um, it, you know, remember the, the man who went and shot up the baseball game and said he was there to try to kill Republicans. Remember Congressman Steve Scalise, mm-hmm. you know, was shot. Uh, remember the Southern Poverty Law Center listed the Family Research Council as a hate group and then a man, yeah. you know, got caught with firearms going in there. You know, we could go on and spend the rest of the radio program talking about the truly violent attacks that are made by people who identify as political leftists and often overtly anti-Christian. You don't see that from the Christians, and you don't see that on our side. People will point to certain you know, right-wing hate groups, but they are not embraced or accepted or tolerated by people on the pro-life side. And, you know, a good example of this is the recent attacks on pro-life centers around the country. Right. Yeah. Not not just the vandalism, you know, vandalism at the churches, uh, the attacks on pro-life centers. Um, you know, even if you uh, look at the numbers, uh, you don't get the same comparison, even when you look at the occasional violence at uh, abortion centers. Imagine, just imagine if uh, we started firebombing Planned Parenthood clinics the way they're firebombing pregnancy centers. I mean, the, the, it, the rage in this country would be uh, unchartable. Well, it would lead the evening news. Yeah. And it's a, real sca- it's a real scandal in this country that a man with, you know, a handgun, a knife, a tactical vest, and zip ties and other tools uh, attempted to get to Justice Kavanaugh's house, uh, then calls in, confesses, and is arrested and is charged with attempted murder. And then uh, that's not even covered in the news. Right. Uh, the New York Times didn't cover. Even Bill Maher, the <laughs> you know vulgar, vulgar, uh, popular yeah. liberal but right. not progressive comedian, called out the New York Times for not covering that. Yeah. So yeah, somebody does something at an abortion center, it's all over the news. But you have to go and look far and wide to find out about the vandalism and the firebombings of pro-life pregnancy centers. Yeah. The pregnancy center where I serve on the board, we've we've had windows broken at two of our buildings. Uh, in, uh, oh wow! Recently. No kidding. So, but Oof. you know that's never going to make the news. No, for sure. All right. Well, we're we're down to it now. It's time to to switch gears here. But uh, Brent Haynes, thanks for your time. Thanks for your input. 
if this decision does come down tomorrow, we're going to try to get you back on somehow, some way to comment on that. But God bless you, Brent. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. All right. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play our game Fear and Trembling on a lighter and more fun note. We're going to have a laugh. We're going to teach you a few things, and you might win prizes. But you do need to make a phone call to win those prizes. If you would like to be our contestant, now is the time to call 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Summer's here, and one of the most important things you can do with your children this summer is waste time with them. One of the best ways to waste time with kids is by playing with them. Card games, board games, group games, charades. But why are fun and games so important in family life? Having fun as a family reminds us that we are more than just a breadwinner or a chore machine. It's a way of reclaiming our identity as a family and spending time in those relationships that matter most. Fun and games helps to grease the wheels in family life and helps everyone to live and work together more effectively. Enjoying the presence of those we love also gives us a foretaste of heaven, that wonderful communion that we will have with loved ones and with God our Father. So ask yourself and your spouse this important question. How can we play together as a family this summer? For more on this topic, listen to our podcast on games at MessyFamilyMinute.org. I once had a gentleman come up to me and say he didn't think the principle of non-contradiction was true. That perhaps something could be and not be in the same respect at the same place and time. Now, skepticism doesn't get any more radical than this. The principle of non-contradiction is the principle upon which all human knowledge is based. So, how do we defend it? It's pretty simple. A skeptic can only speak against the principle if his words have the intended meaning and not the opposite. For example, if a skeptic says the principle is false, well, then he must intend the statement to mean what it expresses and not the opposite, namely, the principle is true. But this presupposes the principle and thus undermines his attempt to deny it. So a skeptic can't deny the principle of non-contradiction without ending in self-defeat. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where secrets and agendas are involved. But you're not allowed to tell anybody what our secrets are or our agendas are. That's the deal. All right? You have to keep this between I us. I just tweeted it out. Okay, it's I over. I just told everybody. It's over. We're done. I We're done here. Time to go home. Put a fork in it. We're done. I oh, guess. the secret agenda that you revealed yesterday? Yeah. What about it? I didn't reveal it. I was only telling... Say, listen, you've got to oh. keep it between us. Oh. It's just us. Nobody else, right? So just keep it amongst us. Julian Assange tweeted it out. Did, what? He did. Are you, he leaked it. Oh, my. He wicked leaked it. Good grief. All right. Anyway, there are things we like to do here. Number one, we like to teach the faith. 
And we look for teachable moments in the question. Praise be to God. We like to uh, have a laugh and a good time, especially in the midst of all the insanity that we have to deal with on the show. So uh, our callers are actually amazing. They laugh with us. We appreciate that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here for your sake, I shall explain. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I will not be asking our caller the question. They don't need to know any of the correct answers and could still win the game because I'll instead ask Rudy and Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer, the other will give us an incorrect answer, and the caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. What can they win? One small step for man, oh. one giant leap okay. for the mm-hmm. sacred heart of our blessed Lord Jesus. It oh. is still June, the month of our sacred, the, the, the month of mm-hmm. the sacred heart. That was easy our Lord's sacred heart. Yeah. Remember when we went to the moon, we put a U.S. flag up there? Well, that was mm-hmm. cool, but you know what would be way cooler? is mm-hmm. taking out a slice of the neighborhood for the sacred heart. Grazia Design Co. was founded in 2018 by Stephanie Roberts in pursuit of a lifelong dream of running her own business and creating art for the glory of God. Now, on her website, you'll find everything you need from liturgical living to amazing Catholic stationery and home and kitchen items. And this week, Stephanie has offered a Sacred Heart lawn flag and a $20 gift card. Uh, so please check out her website at graziadesignco.com and show her some love. That's graziadesignco.com, G-R-A-T-I-A, design, C-O.com. And it should arrive even before this great month of June where you might place it on your lawn in proud support of our sac- Lord's Sacred Heart. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Maybe Wait. next month, just keep it up. Why are you shaking Keep it up all year long. Yeah, amen. Praise be to God. All right, let's go to the phones. Our good friend Forrest from uh, from God's country, apparently. Good morning to you, Forrest. Morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I'm alive. How are you? Uh, yes. It counts, doesn't it? Amen. How is uh, how is the weather out in God's country? It's a little on the warm side. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, our 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 Lord is an all-consuming fire. First John chapter four verse eight. So there's that, right? The closer you are to the divine, the hotter it gets. Praise be to God. All right, Forrest, I know you're a veteran at this. Hopefully everything's going well in your life at the moment. Uh, but uh, are you ready to play, sir? Absolutely. All right, all right, let's do this. We will start, as is our custom, our tradition, our CDF-approved patrimony. Good morning to you. Good morning. Rudy Carlos. Again, no time. I'm noticing a trend here. Yeah. So we need someone to chart this behavior so we can <laughs> correlate what it actually means. Like number of times you are right compared to tie, no tie, color of tie, pattern on tie. You want to know the truth? Yeah. I get home and I throw my tie. Uh-huh. And I just, yeah. I'm lazy to put it away. Oh. So, so they all end up in the same somewhere spot. And never in your somewhere, tie drawer. Yeah, exactly. So I know That's now. the secret. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It's not a Heartbreak Ridge, Clint Eastwood kind of thing. No. Gunny Highway. No, it ain't no, that deep. Not that it deep. It ain't that deep. All right. Okay. Can you tell me, the fathers of the church were commonly divided into what two groups? Yeah, so it was uh, it was gang-on-gang violence, and it was blood, was it? bloods and crips. What? Yeah. You're, Between the Latins and the Greeks. It, so what? Bloods your, and crips. Your answer is bloods and crips? Yeah. Like, you're being serious. Yeah. Bloods. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not joking. That's your. No, that's that's your, my answer. That's your final answer. Only way out is in a box. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, Adrian, please be the uh, voice of reason. Uh, <laughs> could you tell us, the fathers of the church were commonly divided into what two groups? Yes. The fathers of the church uh-huh. were divided into two groups. Yes. They weren't from Chicago. No? No. <laughs> Truly, oh. they weren't. They wow. were truly, uh, truly, <laughs> they weren't. Barely truly, true. They <laughs> are, in fact, divided into the Latins, okay, and the Greeks. I see. Yes. Is, now, is that the equivalency of Bloods and Crips? No, no, no. In fact, okay. one might say there is absolutely zero connection. Mm-hmm. Huh. One mm-hmm. might say. One might say. One yeah. might say. Okay. <laughs> well, all right, Forrest, you've got choices. Is it uh, as Adrian says, the Latin or the Greeks? Or is it, as Rudy says, the Bloods and the Crips, or West Coast and East Coast? What say you, Mr. Forrest? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Adrian, but I really thought that it was pre-Nicene and anti-Nicene fathers. But Rudy's, or, uh, Rudy's wrong. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, I'm masterfully put, by the way. I'm going to have to go with Adrian. Yeah, there are many ways to divide up the fathers. Another way is the apostolic fathers. And so, you know, Um, there's many ways to divide them. It's hard to put them in a box. I've Mm. tried. It's just the box is (laughs) never big enough. That's the problem. All right, but congratulations. Latin and Greek. Latin and Greek was the correct answer. Uh, So there you go. Latin and Greek fathers. Praise be to God. All right, you're in for one. You could win. Uh, Let's just see. I want to say this next question pretty easy i would say among the easiest of today well, so far all right well there you go folks mm. out of we'll, all we the questions see. today we shall see this one is among the easiest so far that means you can't get it wrong forest yeah it's virtually guaranteed here we go back to adrian adrian what term refers to a solemn declaration by the pope that a person is now in heaven mm. yes this is an infallible declaration don't give me that smirk. What? I can see the smirk. <laughs> no, don't do it. For my peripheral don't vision. Avoid. What? Avoid. It is an infallible declaration. That's your answer. That's my answer. Infallible mm-hmm. declaration. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rudy, can you tell me what term refers to a solemn declaration by the Pope that a person is now in heaven? It's a very solemn occasion. The cannon comes out. Yeah. He puts the papers in there. Oh, does he? And then he, he fires off the cannon. Wow. Actually, that doesn't happen, but it's okay. called a canonization. <laughs> would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be super cool. <laughs> <laughs> different, kind of, different kind of cannon. If the smoke is black, yeah. they're not in heaven. If the smoke is white, <laughs> then they are in heaven. Imagine that would work. <laughs> that would be like a Catholic drive time version of how to declare saints. <laughs> That'd be kind of lit. <laughs> Get a nice 40-pounder there. Woo, <laughs> man, that'd be awesome. All right, well, Mr. Forrest, is it canonization? Emphasis on the canon, as Mr. Rudy seems to think, or is it a solemn... No, what'd you say it was? I said it was an infallible Infall- declaration. Infallible declaration, as Brother Adrian seems to indicate. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Mr. Forrest, what say you? Even though Rudy's not wearing a tie, I think he's correct. You think he's on to something? Hmm. What? Even though... Even though. Yeah. <laughs> Truth in advertising. Even though it's no, not loaded with cannonballs, it is still a canonization. <laughs> it would be so cool if that's how they did it. Uh, Forrest, are you wearing a tie right now? No, sir. All right. So, so you equate not wearing a tie with honesty and integrity then, I imagine. That makes sense. Yes. No, I'm an electrician. Remember, I can't wear a tie to work. (laughs) (laughs) But you do wear a tie to church. I've seen it. Praise be to God. All right. Let's uh, go to this next question. I think yeah, easiest question easily up today so far. Uh Uh-oh. 
I feel like I said that before. That's dangerous. Did I say that before? I think you said that yesterday. This is the easily the hardest question we ever had. <laughs> no In way. the history of the show. In the history, In the of, the history show? of the show, this is the hardest question. Out of we've all ever had. questions we've ever asked, this is the hardest one ever. <laughs> yeah, the history of the show. History this, changes this, every day. Well, it really does. <clears throat> I think you got this, Forrest. I think you got this. We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? In what country did the apparitions of Fatima occur? All right. <clears throat> This country, they speak Portuguese. Do they? They do. Have you been there? No. Then how do you know? Well, I hear... You can only know about I hear about this. <laughs> you go. Um, it's actually Fatima, Brazil. Oh! Wow. Yeah. Well, my wife's Portuguese. She'd tell you they don't speak Portuguese down in Brazil. They but speak the some kind of crazy, but it ain't Portuguese. Huh. But the Brazilian people would say they speak Portuguese. They would say that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, so your answer is Brazil. Brazil. Okay. Uh, Adrian, uh, you're an expert in geography. Can you tell me in right. what country did the apparitions of Fatima occur? Well, as a self-appointed Fatimist and a Fatima expert, I just declared it right now, so mm -hmm. now it's true. Okay. Seems and legit. I, I declare... Yes. And I, I affirm okay. that the apparition happened uh -huh. in Fatima, Portugal. Portugal, mm -hmm. the mother country. Yeah. Not Brazil, the colony. They, they actually speak Portuguese there. Home, home enough, of port wine. Yes, that's true. Porta, Portugal, yeah. Praise be to God. All Little right. Forrest, is it uh, Portugal or is it Brazil? Uh, Adrian says it's Portugal. Rudy says Brazil. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Adrian's correct. Did you have to say it so forthrightly like that? Oh, you were doing so well. You, you were correct, of course, but nonetheless. Praise be to God. God bless you, Forrest. Thanks for having a laugh with us today. Thanks. It was fun. Have a great day. We'll catch up with you soon. We're going to be continuing to pray for your family, of course. And that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. If you can join us tomorrow, we would love to have you. We're going to have uh, Rhonda Grunewald on tomorrow to talk about vocations and... Uh, fostering vocations, and a bunch of more conversations. So join us if you can, or hang out with us in the after show. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi. Today we celebrate Tuesday of the 11th week of the year. We offer this Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for all of our online viewers and all those listening in at Our Lady of Guadalupe Radio Network. Jesus Christ, our sovereign King, who is the world's salvation, all praise and homage do we bring, and thanks and adoration. Christ Jesus, Victor, Christ Jesus, Ruler, 
Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God, in mercy in us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. O God, strengthen those who hope in you, graciously hear our pleas, and since without you mortal frailty can do nothing, Grant us always the help of your grace, that in following your commands we may please you by resolve and our deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. reading from the book of Kings. After the death of Naboth, the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Start down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He will be in the vineyard of Naboth, of which he has come to take possession. This, that is what you shall tell him. The Lord says, After murdering, do you also take possession? For this, the Lord says, In the place where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, the dogs shall lick up your blood too. Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me out, my enemy? Yes, he answered. Because you have given yourself up to doing evil in the Lord's sight, I am bringing evil upon you. I will destroy you and will cut off every male in Ahab's line, whether slave or fresh freeman in Israel. I will make your house like Jeroboam, son of Naboth, and like Basha, son of Ahijah, because of how you have provoked me by leading Israel into sin. Against Jezebel too, the Lord declared. The dog shall devour Jezebel in the district of Jezreel. When one of Ahab's line dies in the city, dogs will devour him. When one of them dies in the field, the birds of the sky will devour him. Indeed, no one gave himself up to the doing of evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Ahab urged by his wife Jezebel. He became completely abominable by following idols, just as Amorites had done, whom the Lord drove out before the children of Israel. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his garments and put on sackcloth over his bare flesh. He fasted, slept in the sackcloth, and went about subdued. Then the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Have you seen Ahab... Have you seen that Ahab has humbled himself before me? Since he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in in his time, 
I will bring the evil upon his house during the region of his son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Response to real psalm. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. For I have acknowledged my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only I have sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. Be merciful, Lord, for we have sinned. Turn away your face from my sins, and blot out all my guilt. Free me from blood guilt, O God, my saving God. Then my tongue shall reveal in your justice. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we have the continuation from yesterday of the Book of Kings, the story of Ahab, and we have Elijah confronting him. I, I really enjoy the anagogical sense of Scripture in reading it this way. There, the other senses, the literal, the allegorical, and the moral sense seem to contribute to this final sense, especially because it, the question with the anagogical sense is, what are we going to do about it? Or, because anagogical is the, your eternal significance of this, or reading it from your soul's perspective. If you do that, you realize that you have an Elijah within you. Your conscience is the prophet that confronts you and tells you when you've done something wrong and helps you to come to repentance. And if you understand that, you can avoid uh, a mistake of an us and them kind of reading of this because there's a superficial reading of that that's very possible to apply to anyone. And you basically choose your, your them. I mean, it's, you, it's, it's interesting to, for people to reveal their list of who they are, you know, a political party or a, you know, the bad guys. 
uh, these are the bad guys. And the truth is, according to God, what we've just read is that God wants all to come to repentance. And the beginning of that is first realizing that our first duty is our inmost heart. We have to repent. Because if you, and, and also the, the application of Jesus' words, you're going to love your enemy. Well, who is your greatest enemy? I'm sorry, it's not the devil. You are usually your worst enemy. Meaning, have gentleness toward your own sinfulness. Having the same zeal of, of Elijah, of wanting to uproot sin, means that you have to be able to let go of it. And you can't do that without gentleness. You can't really repent without gentleness because you'll always be hating yourself for sinning ever in the first place, which is really preposterous and also a kind of arrogance. Uh, the arrogance is, goes like this, well, how could I have sinned anyway in the first place? I'm such an amazing person. Or discouragement at, at, at having sinned at all. When Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, he is speaking about a journey. He's speaking about a process of repentance and turning yourself over to God. And the most important virtue in that journey is perseverance. If you do sin, go to confession. Persevere. And I always point that out to people, actually, in the confessional. The fact that a person shows up for confession is a huge sign that the Holy Spirit has his hand on their shoulder and is working in their life and is bringing them to turn their lives over once again to the living God. And that's huge. That's the most important thing out of anything, that you bring it over to God and you ask him to give you the strength. And for that reason, we can have an understanding, a zeal, but also a gentleness at the same time. Zeal to say, I, I want to start, I want to love people not based on what they give me but based on the fact that God loves them. That's the only way you can love enemies. The only way you can find the strength to love unlovable is because God is eternal and his love has no condition, no end, no change. He is all. And that, that from him you get this, the strength to love even things that are unlovable. And the, the gentleness and the patience to see, indeed in the creation, if you look at all creation, the vastness of it overcomes any kind of small or small-minded way of looking at things and measuring things. Instead, you, want, you come ultimately to the cross of Jesus Christ, where you hear Jesus say, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may shine forth the holiness of the face of Jesus Christ to the nations for a harvest of salvation and sanctity. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may be true teachers and prophets of the moral law of following Jesus Christ. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for government leaders that they may not obstruct Christ, they may not obstruct the natural law written on every human heart. We pray in a special way for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. 
We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, the distraught. We pray for those who are in moral confusion that they would have light and that Catholics would take up their role to be prophetic witnesses of the gospel and of the law of God. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. And we bring all these petitions to Jesus through the loving hands of Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Free bourbon at my sacrifice, and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. O God, who in the offerings presented here provide for the twofold needs of the human nature, nourishing us with food and renewing us with your sacrament, grant, we pray, that the sustenance they provide may not fail us in body or in spirit, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father, most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your Word, through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin, fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the angels and all the saints, we declare your glory, as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Benedictus qui venit in Domine Domini, Hosanna in you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, 
but sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Robe of him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. Proceptus salutaribus moniti, et divin institutioni formati, audivimus dicere, Pater noster, qui est in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et emite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos demitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope 
and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, the glory of yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy Father, keep in your name those who have given me, that they may be one as we are one, says the Lord. of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Oh, gratefully sing his power and his love. 
Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. O tell of his might, O sing of his grace, whose robe is the light, whose canopy space, his chariots of wrath, the deep thunder clouds form, and dark is his path on the wings of the storm. The earth with its storehold wonders untold, Almighty thy power that found it of old, hath established it fast by a changeless decree, and round it hath cast like a mantle the sea. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain, and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust and feeble has frail, in thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies, how tender, how firm to the end, our Maker, Defender, Redeemer, and Friend. Let us pray. As this reception of your Holy Communion, O Lord, foreshadows the union of faithful in you, so may it bring about unity in your Church, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Docedo, Expes Nostra Salve, A Te Clamamus, Exulus filiae, ante suspiramus, gementes et plentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo, advocata nostra, dimos tu hos misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Jesum, benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis, post hoc exilium ostende. O clemens, o The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel. Defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Pizania from Holy Name Retreat Center in 